Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. A few days ago, I had breakfast with a friend, and we were reading through Romans chapter 8. It's a favorite chapter of mine. I know it really well, but even so, it still speaks to me freshly when, whenever I read it. Chapters 1 through 7 are Paul's lawyerly argument. You know, Paul is a lawyer by trade, I guess. He was an expert in Jewish law. And in chapters 1 through 7, you hear him speaking as a lawyer. He's got us in this cosmic courtroom, and he is proving his case against us, that we're all sinners and that we're all deserving of spiritual death. And if we thought we could cling to our own good works by following the law, he proves in chapters 1 through 7 that we can't and that we have no hope. And just as God, the righteous judge, is about to to, uh, bang the gavel and execute our sentence, something amazing happens. And it's verse 1 of chapter 8. Here's what it says. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, that's that's amazing. If you've read all those seven chapters, uh, you get to that point. It's like, whew, man, how does that happen? Uh, first of all, it deserves a hallelujah. Um, we were should deserve death and we're ready to be sentenced, and yet we get this reprieve. There's no condemnation. Um, how does it happen? Well, the next phrase is, for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word in seems important to me. Um, Colossians 3.3 says that our lives are hidden in Christ. Ephesians over and over in the first two chapters mentions that we are in Christ. And so if we are in him, uh, he can't be condemned because as, as regards to sin, he is perfect. So because we are in him, we aren't condemned either. Um, and then the next 15 verses uh, of the first part of chapter 8 here really seems to me to be about the Holy Spirit. 16 times in first 16 verses, the Spirit is mentioned. And I've, I've kind of learned over the years to be aware of repeated words. Biblical writers often use that to emphasize uh, the, what they think is important in that paragraph. So here it's obviously the Holy Spirit. So in the very next verse, he says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we deserve death. We were on this pathway to death, but the law of the Spirit who gives life, boy, I love that that title, the Spirit who gives life has set us free. Now, up, up until chapter 8, there's been a lot of verbiage about us being prisoners and being uh, trapped in our, in our sin, but now... Uh, he says that we are set free because of the role of the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, For what the law has was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned not us, but sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So we have have been in this, this state of defeat up until this point. Uh, we, we were living uh, with this, this flesh that was uh, under bondage uh, to sin, and we had no choice but to live in sin. 
And the law came along and proved to us that we were sinners, but it didn't help us to overcome that, the power of that sin. So we were trapped. Uh, we were imprisoned. And now he says we are set free because of the Spirit who gives us freedom. And so now we don't have to live according to the flesh. In fact, verse 5 goes on to say, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Um, Live according to the flesh or live according to the Spirit. He's got this dichotomy set up here. Before we knew Christ, we had no hope but to live according to the flesh. But now, because we are in Christ, we can live according to the Spirit. And if we do that, then we set our minds on what the Spirit desires. And uh, the mind governed by the flesh is death, death, he says, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Hey, that sounds pretty good to me. So if I set my mind on the Spirit, then my life will be governed by um, that Spirit and, and lead me to life and peace. Um, this idea of following the Spirit and being led by the Spirit and set our minds on the Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit um, is, is really an important uh, part of our theology and something that we need to understand. For too many Christians, the Holy Spirit is just sort of a, a spiritual biblical concept. They believe in the Holy Spirit, but for them, it's more of an intellectual belief. And I'll be honest, for me, that's true of me far too often in my life. But here's a truth. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a nice idea to know about. He is a person that that we can follow, that we can watch for, that we can listen for, and that we can be empowered by. That's that's the point of this here. So as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, here's a daily prayer that I need to pray. Lord, uh, just subject my flesh to the law of God like Jesus so I won't live in a way that displeases God and then set my mind on the Spirit so that I can please you today. Verse 7 says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It is not subject to God's law, nor can it be. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So if I'm living in in the flesh and ignoring the person of the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to live in frustration. But in verse 9 he says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. Those of you who are in Christ, who have no condemnation, you live in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit lives in you. And if if the Spirit doesn't live in you, you're not really a Christ follower. Um, I believe that the Bible teaches us that um, all the followers of Jesus have the Holy Spirit. Verse 9 says, If indeed the Holy Spirit lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit, then they do not belong to Christ. So if you're a Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with this person, not a concept, but a person that you can learn to know. He goes on to say, but if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your mortal body life because of the Spirit living in you. So the, the flesh was producing death in us through sin, but the, the Spirit is producing 
life in us and he is always at work. You have the Holy Spirit and he is working in your life to produce life. Verse 12, therefore, because this is true, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not according to the flesh anymore. We have an obligation uh, not to live by the flesh, but to live by the Spirit. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit, then you put to death um, sin and your sinful habits. So we have the Spirit because we are followers of Christ. But also these verses say the Spirit has us. Uh, he leads us. He puts to death our old sinful habits, and he brings us out of this slavery to sin, and he helps us to pray to the Father. And here's another benefit that the Holy Spirit is working in us. Verse 14 says that those of you who are led by the Spirit uh, are the children of God. The Spirit that you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive uh, brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him, by the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Hey, that's that's pretty awesome. This Spirit uh, helps us to understand who we are based on our relationship with the Father. And that is life-changing. I'm not just Greg O'Neill anymore. I am a child of the Father. I should find my identity in that. Not just this earthly person, but a child of the Father and the Holy Spirit lives in me reminding me of who I am so when that old sinful nature creeps in and says this is who you are and this is what you do the Holy Spirit is there to say within my spirit that's not who you are you are a child of the King I love this word Abba um, because he says we he leads us to call the father as Abba, our daddy. It's really an intimate term for a father. He's our daddy. Through the Holy Spirit, we have a close relationship with the father. He gives us access and, and uh, to call our father daddy and so that we can approach him like we would a loving father, not a, not a distant God who's way off, but our loving father. Um, last verse here, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit so that we are God's children, and if we're children, then we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. What a blessing it is to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is in you if you are in Christ. He is at work in your life, bringing about blessings, and he is someone that you need to develop your relationship so that you with, so that you learn to hear his voice, to follow him, and to um, be led by him. Hope you have a great week.